Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Guys, I want to thank our first sponsor for today's show, and that is Panama City Beach. Are you dreaming of a beach vacation? Get away to the sugar white sands and turquoise waters at Panama City Beach, Florida. You'll discover endless family fun, heart-pounding thrills, echo adventure, and romance. So make it memorable, you guys. Make it yours at Panama City Beach, the real fun beach. Plan your escape today at visitpanamacitybeach.com. Hey friends, welcome to April. I cannot even believe it. It is April. I love April. I just love the spring. I think I love the spring and the fall the most because it seems like seasons are changing. You're getting away from the cold. You're getting into the warm. And in the fall, you're getting out of the warm and you're getting into the cold, which here in Texas is really relative because we don't get that cold. But I'm so happy it's April. Today, my guest is Audrey Roloff. She's a Portland girl, she's married to Jeremy, and she's mama to her daughter, Ember. Now, if you have ever watched TLC, which I'm a fan of TLC, chances are you have seen the Roloffs family show. It's called Little People, Big World. So she married the son, Jeremy, and spent some time on the show as well. In fact, I told you last week when I was telling you who was going to be the show today— how many people watch their wedding. It's crazy. It's because it was a part of the show. Today, Audrey and I talk about their love story, their passion for marriage, and our shared love for it. You know it, the Enneagram. Audrey even shared with me something that I didn't even know about the Enneagram, which isn't that hard. I'm not an expert, but I do love chatting about it. Audrey and Jeremy run a blog called Beating 50%, and it's about marriage. She has a clothing company called Always More, which if you follow me on Instagram, you are bound to have seen me in the hoodie that she sent me this year because it's amazing. They also have a podcast, which I'm a fan of. It's called BTS Behind the Scenes. And like I just told you, she's a brand new author. She co-wrote this book with her husband and it launched yesterday. So yesterday was their book launch day. And I know from being a first-time author that book launch day is so fun and so scary and so crazy and so awesome. So congratulations to her. The book is called A Love Letter Life. Pursue creatively, date intentionally, love faithfully. They also have a marriage devotion journal, which we talk about today, which is six questions to ask your spouse each week. And they do this every week. I also love that at the end of our conversation, Audrey gets a little bit vulnerable when she talks about community. And I think you're going to enjoy that because I know we've all felt what they're talking about. And so I know it's going to resonate with us. Speaking of community, you guys, I talk about Patreon on here. We have some lovely Patreon members. We just did a live with Jamie and Aaron, that's my husband, last week on Sunday night, and it was so much fun. In fact, we're in the middle of doing this live video that we do once a month for our VIP members. And Aaron starts telling a story about something that I did to him. Y'all, it wasn't me, it was another girl. So funny things like that happened when we do a live. It's so much fun. But we launched this Patreon party so that we could connect with you, our listeners, more. This month, we're sharing the first episode of our mini-series on marriage, which is, speaking of Enneagram, it's with Suzanne and Joe Sabille. Suzanne is like Enneagram guru. I love her. And Erin is actually co-hosting the mini-series with me. 
our mini series that we did before was on goals and dreams. And we had Laura Casey, Jennifer Allwood, Michelle McKinney. It was so great. So the mini series is easy. It's the lowest level. You can get it every single month. And then if you go to the level higher, you get the live, you get a special edition of the happy hour every Wednesday. You get Jamie and friends. You get fun stuff every single month. Sometimes I even think, hey, Aaron, you just made this awesome recipe. Can I send it to my Patreon people? He's like, yeah. So we send you recipes for our next happy hour live that we're doing in the fall. We're going to have something special just for our Patreon people. So it's a lot of fun. Check it out at least. Go to jamieivy.com slash Patreon. We'd love to see you there. Okay, guys, here is my conversation with the cutest, sweetest, most adorable Portland girl, Audrey Roloff. Audrey, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, thanks for having me. So fun. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you're here in Austin, Texas. Yes, I love it. We're like sister cities with Portland. I so know. it's been fun to be here and explore a little. Portland, do you have a catchphrase or something? Like we're like, keep Austin weird. Well, Portland stole that from Austin, Oh, I, think. I thought you were going to say we stole it from you. I no, I think, well, I don't know. This is what my Uber driver told me yesterday. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Portland stole that. But Bridgetown, we have a river that runs through the city too. Okay. And there's just like a bajillion bridges. So Bridgetown, a lot of people call it PDX, Portland. Where the, the ATX. <laughs> yeah, See? ATX. There's a lot of similarities. I for went sure. to Portland this past fall and we actually went hiking. I wish I could remember where oh. you went because it was so beautiful. Probably the gorge. Did you go to the gorge? Maybe. I, I, if you said I had no idea. Waterfalls everywhere. There were waterfalls everywhere. It was <laughs> yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. It was great. Amazing. It was great. In fact, there was like some kind of trail run going on. Yeah. So people were just like dying oh, coast, maybe. running up this hill yeah. and stuff. And we're just like, <laughs> Way to go. Keep running. We're just here. Um, awesome. So welcome to Austin, Texas. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, okay, fun. so for my listener, who might not know who you are, yeah, introduce yourself in like 30 seconds. Okay, wow, 30 seconds. Let me see if I can do that. <laughs> Give me all the things so, you do. Okay. I'm Audrey Roloff. You probably know me. My husband grew up on a reality TV show called Little People, Big Worlds. So that's how most people kind of came over and found out who I was. My husband and I since then have sort of worked in the online space. We have a sort of newlywed marriage ministry blog called Beating 50%. And we created some products and stuff out of that. And then I have a clothing line called Always More. It's based on my like life mission and mantra. Um, comes from the verse in Ephesians 3.20, always believe in the more that's within you through Christ is sort of what I want to inspire in women. And so that's been super fun. It's grown a lot in the past year. We just launched a podcast. So it's been fun to Yay. kind of dabble in this space. And then we're writing books. What's so, your podcast called? It's called Behind the Scenes. Okay. BTS? BTS. So we go behind the scenes with other people and then just share the behind the scenes of our life. And it's been fun. I love the podcast it's world fun, isn't so it? far. It's just, just, it's so like natural for us and easy. And you've done reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> you've right. written a book, which we'll talk about. It comes out in April. Yeah. And now podcasting. Which one do you mm-hmm. like best? I love writing. I really love writing. I just have to be in this space for it. And so I think podcasting just with a 16-month-old daughter has been just great because we can crank out a podcast episode in 40 minutes at 11 p.m. by the fire. Isn't that great? It's so (laughs) fun. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is so easy. Um, We also have a really good team set up with our podcast, which a lot of the other stuff that we've launched or done, it was like just us scrambling to figure it out. So that's made a huge difference. But I do love writing. I just need to get into that deep work mode of dedicated, yeah. un, like focused, unhindered time before I'm, I can like, I think really I'm like that as well. Writing is hard for me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't come to my office and write for an hour. Yeah. I need to like- It's like, this is my day to write. Yes. Yes. Same. Yeah. Yeah. When you were writing your book, mm-hmm. did you go away? Did you do it at we home? Did, did you do it together? So we co-authored the book, my husband and I, which has had its own challenges. 
because we needed to make sure we were telling the same story. And we, you know, you probably yes. know already when someone asks you like, what's your love story or how'd you meet your husband? You probably have both two different versions. Two different stories. Well, yeah. We can't tell two different yeah, stories exactly. in the book. So we started writing the book actually when our daughter was three months old. And then we had three months to write it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we wrote the book in three months. We actually like shut down social media, shut down some of the other stuff we were doing just to really focus on it. We didn't go away because we had a three month old, yeah. but we had a lot of babysitters. And we actually went to the tavern that's up the street from us and wrote most of our book there, which is actually where Jeremy, my husband, took me on our first date. Aww, so we wrote most of our love circle. story in our first yes. date, like same spot we sat. But yeah, I loved the writing process. It was super fun. We'd like read back and forth what we wrote to each other at night. It was cool to have someone like so invest. I think writing a book on your own can feel, it seems like it could feel a little bit more isolating. Very, just, yes. I'm sure you read chapters of your books to your husband, but- You want to know funny? Yeah. Aaron released a book six months before me. Oh, wow. I didn't read the book till it came out. Whoa. He did not read my book till it came out. Really? He read parts of it and I read parts of his, but neither one of us sat down front to cover and read it. Intentionally not or? Life kind of happens. Like we're just both busy in our things, yeah. but I think it did become intentional. Like I was just in just, the process of doing it with my editors yeah. and my people and it just worked out that way. That's so funny. Looking yeah. back, I'm like, that seems really weird. Like, yes. why didn't I read your book? Did I not have time to read my own husband's <laughs> yeah. words? But it just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But you guys were doing it together, so you would read yeah, each other's we stuff. Yeah, we had to, and, and so we read back and forth. And then, yeah, it was just super fun. Then the editing phase was different because we had a t- toddler that was crawling and moving, and we were like, <laughs> she doesn't just lay here anymore. Just, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we're thankful to be done with the writing phase for now, but there's more books coming down the line, so. <laughs> it never ends. It's like, got to start working on the next one already. I know, but, I know. Um, yeah, Okay, can you tell our listeners how old you are so we can get some frame of reference here? Okay, I'm 27. Okay, so. 27, mom yes. to a 16-month-old now? 16 months, yep. This is a fun so age. Fun. I feel like I've said with every age that it's the most fun, but it's been so fun. I love the personalities coming out and she can move, like she can kind of have a conversation, not really with words, but I know what she wants and I can give it to her instead of just the frustrated mm-hmm. stage of like nine to 11 yeah. months where they just can't tell you. Yeah. But she's so fun and cute and just- Pretty soon she'll be telling energy. you exactly what she wants, and exactly like, how she oh, wants no. it. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> I My oldest is 15. And so it seems forever away from you, but I'm going to turn into a really like old grandma right now. And I'm okay, going to say, Audrey, you're going to blink and she's going to be 15. I, everyone tells me that. And I'm like, and it sounds like people would tell me that. I'm like, that is so weird. You're such an old lady. I'm serious. You will blink and she'll be 15. And Uh. it's just, it's fun. It's so fun. Okay. I'm going to be getting to know you along with my listeners, which is so very fun. (laughs) Now you mentioned everybody about reality TV. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do, I didn't think about this before. You were my one, two, three, four, just talk, thinking off the top of my head of people that have been on the show that have been on reality TV. Oh, really? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's a lot kind of. I know. Cool. So I'm so intrigued, (laughs) especially when you told me that your husband, Jeremy, has been on the show. like 16 years. For 16 years, which means if I'm doing my math right, you met him while he was on the show. Yes. I didn't watch the show, so I didn't grow up watching TV. Knew nothing about it. Well, you didn't grow up watching TV? Not really. Like, yes, you had watched a TV? movies. Had a TV. Okay. But not reality, definitely. Yeah. I was not allowed to watch any of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Even though his family's reality show was good. I know. Wholesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clarification. We're not talking about like Housewives of Atlanta yes, or anything, right, but. Right. Yeah. But like MTV was a no. Oh. <laughs> it was a no when I was growing up too. Okay. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. I would sneak off to my friend's house and try yeah, to watch right. MTV. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
So yeah, bad. so we met when we, the show was happening, but it was actually, they were kind of in a break when we met. So they weren't like full-blown filming for the show at the time. And you met in college, high school? So we met in college. Jeremy, my husband, was going to community college because they were still filming for the show. So he was close to home, didn't know where he wanted to go to school or what he wanted to do yet. I was in a state school. I went to Oregon State and ran collegiate cross Yo country. Ducks, track. Right? No. <gasps> I did it wrong. That's Oregon State. <laughs> okay. Go Beavers. Beavers. It's okay. It's totally fine. Beavers I and like, ducks. I mean, come on. Like it's so confusing here. <laughs> so are y'all the green and gold? No. See, I'm so it's okay. off. Orange and black. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's really okay. Go Beavers. Everyone knows the ducks because the ducks won the national football thing a couple years back and Prefontaine and all of that. But yeah, so I was a beaver. I ran cross country and track collegiately there. And so my husband and What'd I you met, run track? I ran the 5K and the 1500. Okay. You, okay. Yeah. yeah cross country. Yeah. yeah. Cross country. Good and, job. Yeah. So my husband and I were set up by mutual friends on a blind date while we were both home from school on winter break. Okay. Got it. You can read more about it in the book. Oh, I can't but, wait. Yeah, super crazy story. Neither of us had ever been on a blind date before. Jeremy was like, um, no way, because he got asked all the time just being in the public eye. Oh, and yeah. like, his friends would always try to set him up with girls. We both trusted our friends. Yeah. And so we decided- And it worked. Your friends were right. What? Yeah, so, and they're still our friends to this day. They were in our wedding. Oh, uh, and they set y'all up. That's so yeah. sweet. Yeah. Super so cool. first date, did he, does he tell you, hey, by the way, my family's on a reality TV show? So I knew, I was like my friends, I knew. And okay. Then, and my friend that set me up like told me. Like, by the way. Yeah. And so like I knew of it and I knew about it and I knew the, of their family farm. So they have a pumpkin patch aside from the show. That's kind of what drew the show to them. They're these little people, right? Dwarves. And they bought this giant farm and Amy, his mom was pregnant with twins. One of them being my husband and the other one being his twin brother, who's a dwarf. Okay. Short. So that's interesting. Uh -huh. I think they're like one of like 10 in the world or something crazy like that. Okay. And then they had two more kids and then they bought this farm. Then they have a pumpkin patch. So it's this huge pumpkin yeah. operation uh -huh. that they have going on. Um, and I knew of that when I was younger because that was like the pumpkin patch that everyone in Oregon went to. Okay. Like I almost knew of that more than I knew of the show. But anyways, so yeah, first date. We didn't talk about the show at all. Not one word of Did it. Did you want to know? Um, I would have been not so curious. Really. At the time, no. Okay. I don't know. It just, social media wasn't really like a thing yet then. And you couldn't creeper stop people. What year was well. this? Tell me what year this was. Oh man, I was 19. Okay. So whatever year that is. Okay, you're 27. <laughs> so, okay, got it. But yeah, so anyways, didn't didn't really ask about it. And I figured too, like he's probably gets asked about yeah. this a lot, you know? So I just didn't want to be that person. Um, he was probably thankful that you didn't. He did. He, he would have been like, oh, He was she like likes intrigued by that. He was like, why didn't she uh -huh. want to, you know, talk about this? And then, yeah, I really like, we started hanging out and kind of like our story is, we were friends for two years, like just friends. After that date? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he pursued me hot pursuit. And I was very stubborn and prideful and resistant. So that's a huge part of our story. And then we started dating. We started officially dating 10 days before he decided to go to photography school in Santa Barbara. He moved away and then we did three years long distance and then we got married. Oh, so you never dated except for 10 days. 10 days in the same city. Okay. And then his school didn't even get summer breaks. He went to school through the summer. It was a three-year program. So... We wrote letters, hence the title of our book, A Love Letter Life. And we're both super like old souls at heart. And so Jeremy bought an old-fashioned typewriter. And so he would write me letters on the typewriter and send them to me. So that was a huge part of our story, writing letters. We just, we liked the, the effort and the intention that went into letter writing. And we wanted our 
love story to be marked by that effort mm-hmm. and intention. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what we hope to inspire with this book too, yeah. is just inspiring people to have a love letter life and to be more creative and intentional with their love stories. So that is so good. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Letter writing is this lost art. I know. I, know. I mean, it's I get sad. giddy when Aaron leaves me a note. <laughs> oh, like he'll leave a I note, you know, like yeah. we leave each other notes sometimes. Yeah. Um, Are you guys like words of affirmation people? Aaron is. Okay. So you leave him notes. I try to when I'm being a really good <laughs> wife. <laughs> yes. Right. But the notes, it. even like a note, like just the other day, he left me a note on the counter. I had to leave super, super early. Uh-huh. Like before the kids even got up, I had to go to drive to Belton to do something for work. And so mm-hmm. I left, everyone's asleep. And he had written a note the night before. So I would see it when I woke up oh, I love that, that said tonight's date night. Because oh, I was cute. meeting him in town after work, like, you know, That's and he's fun. like, tonight's date night, I can't wait. That little note was so sweet yeah. to me. It can be the simplest thing. It the doesn't simplest. need to be this elaborate. Totally. 100% agree. Sometimes I'll <laughs> leave him a note on the count, on the bathroom counter. just like, I'm proud of you. Like, yeah. Those are so sweet. That's good. I love that. Speaking of I'm proud so of you, good. did you know I read somewhere, this is totally off subject, but this is how we roll here. Yeah. That that's one of the things that our kids need to hear the most from us. Mm. I'm proud of you. Really? Yeah. I say it to my boys all the time. Yeah. So it's my boys probably more than my daughter, not because I'm not proud of her because I know it's a big deal for dudes. Yeah. Like, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And I say it to them all the time, like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And the other day, my son was like, what are you proud of me for? And then I was like, oh, well, let me tell you. And I like listed off all these yeah. things. And he had actually been in a lot of trouble that day. Like, it wasn't not like we were just having the best yeah. day of our life parenting, but I, I listed that. off all these things and he just smiled so big. It was like, it meant so, so much. Good. Yeah. That's so, really good. Let's all go that. tell someone we're proud of this. Yeah, today. I'm going to jot that down in my <laughs> exactly. parenting notebook no advice. <laughs> we're like just scratching the surface of that. Like, yeah. Just got introduced to love and logic and all, all oh, the things. Oh, yeah, like, all the things. Okay, I'm all about choices now. Choices. Ember, yep. do yep. you want to have peas or asparagus? You are empowered you to make this I choice. give you all the power. <laughs> yes. And right. natural consequences. I know, yeah. right? We're it's like, like my daughter going to school with a jacket practice. all the time. Oh, my gosh. And she's like at the bus stop. Like, I'm so cold. I'm like, I know. I told you to put a jacket on. Yeah. Here's what you get. Okay. Love letters. You guys wrote letters back yes. and forth, but you did visit each other, right? So, so I was a like collegiate athlete. So I trained and ran basically all year. Cross country and track is both seasons. Cross country's fall, indoor track, winter, yes. outdoor track, spring, summer training. So it was basically like I could literally. I visited him. I think three times in three years. Yeah. Oh, y'all, um, y'all, you were like, this is like 1950 husband goes off to war type of relationship. <laughs> well, okay. Discrepancy though. He So he did visit me. Okay, got it. And he also had to fly home to film for the show. Gotcha. So he would, whenever he flew home to film for the show, he would drive to Corvallis and come see me for a day or a night or yeah. whatever and then drive back. Were you on the show when y'all were dating? So dating, we were kind of protected a little bit from the show because we were, Jerry was at school. So a lot of the show storyline wasn't surrounded around, around Jeremy. Yeah. Like they filmed him going off to school. They filmed him moving in. They filmed him one time when he was there. His brother went to visit him, stuff like that. But they weren't fil- filming him on the daily. We had just started dating right before he went to school. So they didn't really have time to introduce me. Yeah. Which I think like was the Lord kind of protecting us. Because none of our dating relationship was really on the show. And so that's where like a lot of like this book comes into play. It's like we haven't really told, no one really knows a lot of of our story. Yeah. And so, like, we broke up when we were dating and, like, all these things and, and what Aren't we learned so from it. so glad that wasn't on TV? Right? And that you don't have to, like, like seriously, that you don't have to, like, about talk it. about that? Yeah, it's crazy. You can talk um, about it on your own terms now. Yes. And not, exactly. yeah. But, yeah, so we didn't really, I, I wasn't really introduced to the TV world until we got engaged. And then Jeremy proposed to me and had his buddy film it. And then they licensed that footage to the show so that they could air it. Yeah. And then all of our weddings planning was filmed. And it was just me because Jeremy was still in Santa Barbara. So it was basically like 
me filming, going dress shopping, cake tasting, and all this stuff because he was away. Did you like that? Parts of it were really fun and were a big blessing. Because I think everyone's like, oh, I would love to be on a reality TV show, but I think that they're, I like, you know, in the same way that we have platforms and social media and we get to share lives with people and like we get to point people towards truth and we get to like share Jesus. There's hard stuff that comes with it. But yeah, there's hard stuff that comes with it. But I think at the end of the day, like I'd rather be a story sharer and, and be in that position and steward it well than not just because I want to protect myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was a good, like looking back, it was hard. We had our wedding nationally televised. Yeah, I read that. Okay, <laughs> let me just say so, this real quick. I like that. Oh, Aaron and I had a big wedding. We had like 500 people there. I wrote it down. Audrey, don't worry. Yeah. 2.3 million yeah. people watched your wedding. <laughs> no worries. We joke about this because we're like, we had to make this decision. We almost didn't film our wedding. We talked about this in the book. We almost did not do it. And we basically were like, okay, do we want to invite 200 people to our wedding or 2 million people to our <laughs> wedding? Like, what do we... You know, because we were so, we wanted our wedding to feel intimate. We wanted our wedding to feel us. We didn't want it to feel like this commercialized thing. Like I didn't want, you know, my friends and my family have never been on TV, never so been exposed to So then you're inviting them into this whole and world. And then I'm like, hey, show up at my wedding. And it's like, TSA, will you sign this release? And all exactly. these people in black earphones yes. are walking around. It's like, no, I didn't want that to feel uh-huh. like the environment of our wedding. But I will say like, TLC and Discovery and like all of them did such a good job like respecting. We kind of like, here's our non-negotiables. Right. You know, I'm not going to do this, not going to do this. You're not going to film our first look. You're not going to film communion. We're going to have these moments that are protected, protected for us. And then they left during the reception. So like the whole reception was just this party and yeah. didn't have to worry about that. In hindsight, like it gave us the ability to share our story. We would not be writing this book if it weren't for that, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for it, but it definitely had its challenge. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's something that people like don't really realize Mm -hmm. with people who have, we'll just use the word platform, even though it can make some people feel a little squirmy, but we're just going to say what it is. Totally, yeah. That people can have this idea that it's just awesome and fun Mm -hmm. and all these things, but it comes with a really big responsibility. Yeah. And so the way even you guys are talking about, we had to weigh all of the odds, all Mm -hmm. the options here. Right. And if your goal is to shine the light of Jesus, then how can we do this with what God set up for us? And for some reason or another, God is like, hey, this is the Mm -hmm. story I'm going to write for you. This is the platform I'm going to set you up for. Steward it well. Right. Yeah. 100%. And so I can see the stress of having to do that. Yeah. And both Jared and I are very like, sometimes we over-spiritualize things or over, like we just get too intentional about, we we just need to, give it up and trust it. It's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Like we just need to be told yeah. that. Sometimes we're more those kind of people. Like we overanalyze uh-huh. the decisions, especially big ones like that. Yeah. So anyways, then we kept filming five years into our marriage, four years of our marriage. So y'all were a part of the show then. Yeah. So yeah. then wedding, we continued to do the show. We moved away to Los Angeles right after we got married and fly home for the show every now and then they came, but it was like not as much. Then we moved home. We actually moved to Bend, Oregon, which is like, the best place in the entire country. Actually, yes. maybe I shouldn't be telling people because I don't then want them to Then they're going to move, move there. there. I know. <laughs> There's these bumper stickers that people haven't been that say, Ben sucks, don't move here. <laughs> they have the same for Austin too. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we lived there for two and a half years. It was amazing. And they filmed a lot of that We because then we were closer. Yeah. We drove to Portland almost every weekend to film while we were living there, which is like a four-hour drive. Just recently when we found out we were pregnant with Ember, surprise, pregnant, okay. Um, wanted to move back home closer to family. So we we moved back when I was pregnant, about six months pregnant, to be closer to family, had our daughter there. And then right after we had our daughter, we were like, we're done with this. Yeah. Um. So we kind of made our exit. Was that a decision and because you were a mom now? 
that was a huge part of it. Yeah. We always said like, we didn't want to raise our kids in this environment. Uh-huh. That was a huge part of it. Also though, like for a long time, we had kind of been just like wrestling with like, okay, Jeremy's ideal career was not to be a reality TV star. Right. Um, it's not really what we wanted to be known yeah. for. It is what we are known for. And we're thankful for it allowing us to like- Open up other doors we are and other opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it has been kind of a hard transition for us to- you know, all these people that are following us, they're following us because we're reality TV people. But then like, we never talk about reality TV ever. Like I never, ever it's not even a part of your life media. You wouldn't yeah. know I was on a TV show unless you knew because you were following me from that. Right. Like we talk about always more and books and being 50 and what we're passionate about on our podcast. And it's been hard to kind of get people to go like, all of a sudden we're like talking about these things and they kind of didn't expect us. We talk about Jesus and they're like, wait, what? Like, huh? <laughs> are people, have you know, they been like, like receptive to that? Because it's just not, they weren't, it wasn't an expected thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it was for some because Jeremy's family, like it was a wholesome TV show. That's what you I was going like, to ask. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. uh-huh. But I think like over the years, that element has kind of gotten a little bit like buried in Under the show. The sto- not the biggest storyline. Yeah. Not the biggest storyline. Also just their family, like all the kids are now married. Yeah. And all the have dynamics have things. changed. Yeah. yeah. So just stuff has changed with it a lot. So we're just, we're kind of just trying to like, point people in this like, hey guys, here's what we want to be about now. And like, yeah. if you if you care and want to be about it, great. And if not, like, we're not going to be talking about reality TV anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, there are lots of so, other reality TV shows they could find right, right yes, now. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're and not. Little People in the World is still airing. It <laughs> is? Still go on. Yeah. They still film. Yeah. Oh yeah. His family continued. We just stepped away. You just, his family is still there. <laughs> they're going, yeah, they're going they're strong. They're still going strong. My brother and sister-in-law and my cute little nephew, they're still Aww. cruising. All the kids are married? Um, all except for his younger brother, Jacob. Okay. He's, but he's getting married this summer. Okay. So then all of them will be married. And yeah. do all the ones that are married have kids? No. So only, there's only my bro- his twin brother uh-huh. has a nephew and okay. sh- he's four months older than our daughter. Oh. And then his sister doesn't have kids yet. Okay. So. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Okay, guys, I want to take a break from the show real quick. I know you're loving my conversation with Audrey, but I want to thank our sponsors for today's show. This podcast is brought to you by Thomas's English Muffins. They want to know what our ideal morning would look like if anything were possible. So let me tell you mine. Here's the first question, and I would love to hear what your answer would be. Where would you be eating breakfast if it was your ideal morning and anything was possible? And with who and what would you talk about? Okay, so if it was my ideal morning, like my perfect morning, it'd be with my man. I would love to eat breakfast with Aaron every morning. That's just not possible in our life right now. But we would maybe be eating on our back porch and we would talk about just our day and our life and our dreams. Those are my favorite things to do. But if I'm gonna dream some big dreams, you guys, I'm gonna be eating breakfast with Joanna Gaines in Waco. I'll go to her restaurant and we'll talk about getting her on the happy hour. That's what we will do. Okay, next thing about our ideal morning, how would I get to work? You guys, you know my office is on my property, so I just walk my little hundred yards over to my little tiny house. But if I had to work in town, in Austin, and I had to sit in that traffic, I would not enjoy it. So I would want Jetson style, a little bitty spaceship to take me into work. Wouldn't that be fun? And on the spaceship, someone's doing my hair and makeup. Yes, ideal job right there. And of course, you guys, 
out on that patio with Aaron, in Waco with Joanna, in my spaceship, I would love to have a Thomas's English muffin topped with, I enjoy almond butter and honey. It's so good. You guys, I actually ate that this morning. I love almond butter in the morning to give me some protein. It is so good on the Thomas's English muffin that is the light multigrain. So good. Thomas's, wake up to what's possible. Guys, I also want to thank Third Love for supporting today's show. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind. The results of those millions of women who have taken that quiz is a perfect fit and premium feel. Here's what you're going to do, guys. Just simply answer a few questions and you're going to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Then once you receive your bra, you can wear it and wash it and put it to the test for 60 days. And if you don't love it, guys, you can return it. Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. It's all a part of their 100% fit guarantee. This is hands down the most comfortable bra that you will own with straps that won't slip, tagless labels, and lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. They even have a line of incredibly soft and breathable cotton bras. My most recent bra that I have from them is the Everyday Lace t-shirt bra. I love this bra and it is exactly like it says. It is perfect for every day, but it's still a little bit beautiful with the lace details that are on there. I took the quiz. I got the perfect fit and I love my third love bras. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering all of my listeners, which is you, 15% off your first order. I want you to know it's a really good deal. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie for 15% off today. Okay, so reality TV is kind of where this all started, but Mm -hmm. I love hearing you talk about how you're super honest about, here's what got us here. Yeah. Yeah, but now what are we going to do with it? Okay, so right. you're passionate about marriage. Yes. Why are you so passionate about marriage? <laughs> I love marriage and okay. I'm passionate about it. Yes. Why are you so passionate about marriage? So when we got engaged, one of the things we just got, we got engaged kind of young. I mean, I How don't old? know what you guys would consider young. I was 22. So I got married at 23. I just okay. turned 23. So yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, and I know on the West Coast, it's a little bit like, whoa, they're young. You uh-huh. know what I mean? In the South, it's, it's not the as South weird. Is like, you're too old. Yeah. yeah. So, but for us, we got tons of pushback from people just being like, get ready to lose your freedom. You know, buckle up. Like making these just really negative remarks about marriage. Friends or like strangers because of- um, Strangers because of platforms, yeah. but also friends and even family making just like the sarcastic, like, oh boy, buckle up for marriage. Yeah. You know? And we were just kind of like, well- what? Like, why aren't people, why don't people talk about like the really good parts of their marriage? And why aren't people encouraging us as engaged, newly engaged couple? And we just like, both of us are kind of romantics at heart. And like, we got things for love stories and typing love letters. I love it. Yeah. So like, there's a little bit of an element of that. And then after we got married, all these people watched our wedding and it was just kind of like what people were interested in. And so like, people ask me like, you know, what made you guys feel called to marriage? And it's like, I don't know that necessarily we feel called to marriage. And I think calling is a word that kind of scares me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I think God might call me to a lot of different things. Right. But I think at the time, it was just the thing that we were the most passionate about. It was the thing that people wanted and they to were know about. about. And yeah. we were like, I would literally get questions from people and I would forward them to my mom. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. Say. Why yeah. are people asking me this? I'm uh-huh. married a week, you know? Yeah. But Jared and I were just like, well, you know what? Like we can just share what we're learning and what we're failing at and, and what we're learning from the couples that the Lord has been so faithful to provide for us as mentorship because 
we've just had such rich mentorship mm-hmm. in our life. I think the Lord has just really protected us in that way. Yeah. And from people that don't have platform, platform, that word again, yeah, I know. <laughs> but from people that don't have um, a means to really get that message out. So we've taken a lot of wisdom just from our premarital counselors and our parents and, and, you know, other couples that God has surrounded us with and just kind of recycled it or even had them do guest posts and stuff like that. But really it was just that that was the thing that we were the most passionate about at the time. And we both loved writing and we kind of wanted to scratch that entrepreneurial niche. And so that's where we started. Um, And then this book was just kind of like a ripple effect of that. It just made the most sense for us, but it's by no means like where we want to stay forever. It's definitely something that we are really passionate about, but we have other ideas and things that we <laughs> so that we want to pursue I love hearing to. you acknowledge like where I haven't been married that long like what right. are you wanting to know from me yeah because I think the same is with parenting or the same is with people ask us a lot of questions about adoption mm-hmm. and yeah we've been adopted parents for you know 13 years and I still feel like right. we have looking back yeah, like we learned so much in the beginning mm-hmm. and we're still learning like this is how it goes yeah. you know and so yeah I'm appreciative for you guys looking and saying, hey, for all of you guys who are in the same boat as us, here's what we're learning. Right. Totally. Yeah. So your webpage, Beating mm-hmm. 50%. So Beating 50% is kind of like the marriage blog resource thing. And it's all about the pun is the divorce rate, but that's not the focus of is it. Is that the divorce rate? Well, so the divorce rate has been actually going down because less people, people are getting, getting married. married. <laughs> yeah. They're just cohabitating. Which is a bummer. Yeah. That's yeah. part of the whole, yeah. like, that's also something we don't, we want to like, encourage people that like marriage can be an amazing thing. And, but the, but the kind of concept of beating 50 is like, you know, to give more than 50% to your marriage, I to see. strive towards that 100. And it kind of goes back to like my life mantra thing. Always more is just that you can always give more to your marriage. Just believing that you can always give more. There's always more ways that you can love, serve, grow in your marriage. And so that's kind of like the ideology behind it, I yeah. guess, for us. Yeah. And then we created this thing called the marriage journal that we've been doing for the past five years of our marriage. Our premarital counselors actually introduced us to the idea. They have four kids and have been doing it for 18 years. Oh, tell me um, what it is. But it is basically six questions that you ask your spouse every week. Same six questions. It's so simple, so easy. Every Jeremy week I, or every night? Every week. Okay. So once a week, we do it Sunday nights. And the questions are like, what brought you joy this week? What's one thing I can do for you this week? Um, is there any unconfessed sin or hurt, anything that we need to reconcile? What's a dream, craving, or desire that's been on the forefront of your mind? I can't remember the okay. other ones. Yeah. But every week, they're the same questions over and over. And we just felt like those were the questions that like, you know, in your marriage, when you just, you never have that good time to talk about it. Yep. It was like, that was the good time to talk about it. We are guaranteed that time every week to ask those questions. And it's been like the best communication tool mm. in our marriage. I'm not just saying that because we created it. Like we literally do it every week. So hard things um, have had to have come up. So some weeks it's two hours. Some weeks it's two minutes because we're so tired. And we're right. Like, um, yes, hard things have come up. And it's an opportunity for us to like not linger in bitterness because we know we're going to get that question. Is there any hurt or unconfessed sin? And like sometimes there were weeks in our marriage where I like dreaded that question. I because was like, you know you had something. I to- don't want to talk about this, yeah. you know. But it kept us just in this space of honesty and communication and also like, what's one thing I can do for you? It's one one simple thing I can do for my husband that week. How can I pray for you? We take a sticky note and we t- do the we write those two things on a sticky note so we can like so remember can see throughout it all the week. week yeah, because otherwise it's just in the journal buried. For sure. Yeah, but yeah, it's fifty two week journal. We wrote like devotionals to uh-huh. start each week. Yeah. for people, but um, that's been like a huge, huge help in our marriage, and lots of people have kind of gravitated towards that. So that's kind of like become a huge part of beating fifty is that journal. Yeah. 
So I think about that even we've been married, this summer will be 18 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So cool. But even like when you're talking about just those, like that time on Sunday night answering those questions, as you guys already have full busy lives with work Mm -hmm. and stuff, but as you're adding kids, as you're adding new careers, as you're adding new things, it gets crazy. (laughs) Which like, I can't even fathom, but I know is true. I mean, it is crazy. Like Aaron and I are like, we're sticklers for date nights, but sometimes we only get two a month because- We have all these kids that have all these activities and, mm-hmm. you know, all the things. And so right. I can see the value in saying mm-hmm. every week, right. we're going to sit down and answer these questions. Yeah. I'm sure you've had phenomenal feedback from people who have yeah. taken this oh little my gosh. challenge. And you can do it. Like, you do not have to be religious to do it. I mean, it's just like the simplest. Yeah. It's so easy. We have couples that are in their 70s do it. And then we have like 20-year-olds yeah. doing it, you know? And it's just like my parents do it, you know? Like, it's just easy. And, so sweet. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about your clothing company. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was a distance runner in college and all through high school growing up. And I used to write always more on my arm. It was like a motivational running reminder. You know, Audrey, you can always you can, give a little bit uh-huh. more. Yeah. And so it started as that. And then I used to write it on my arm all through college and other girls on my team started writing it on their arms. And then when I got I used to, I had like a blog at the time that was like totally like boring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't. Um, but I wrote but... about writing and my faith. That uh-huh. was like the main thing I wrote about. And so Always More was kind of like the main consistent theme through it. A couple years ago, I think now it's been like three years. I was like, well, it'd be fun to put Always More on some t-shirts. So we started dabbling in the retail space. And again, that was kind of around the time we were like wanting to leave corporate America and scratch that entrepreneurial niche. So we launched this clothing line, Always More. It's about inspiring women to always believe in the more that is within them through Christ. Comes from the verse in Ephesians through 20. And yeah, so it's it's just about like inspiring women to believe in the more that's within them and the more that they can give through through Christ's energy um, and strength. And then also like the more that there is to discover about God and who he is. And it's not just about the more that you can do or be, but it's about like the more of who God is because he's infinite. And we are not. So, so you have a clothing line. Yeah. So no it's biggie. been super fun. It's like, it's all like comfy stuff you can wear every day. Because oh, I've seen some of your stuff online. Like that's- <laughs> we'll hook sw- you up. We'll hook the you sweatshirt up. that you- The Sherpa. Uh, I'm like, I would never, ever take that off. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't. And Jeremy, Jeremy stole mine and started wearing it. And I'm like, you know, you can get your own. And then I was like, oh, like we could totally make these for guys. So we're like now like, maybe we make some more I mean, for guys because people are so buying them for their husbands. They're, it's like wearing a blanket, literally. But I was like, okay, I want to have stuff that people can wear every day that's like on the mundane days of life. It's going to res- inspire them to believe in them more yeah. that's within them. You know, yeah. because if you have 60 bucks to spend, are you going to spend it on that sweatshirt that you love that you're going to wear every day or a dress you might wear once every six months? Hey, girl, I'm with you. <laughs> like for me, I buy the cozy clothes yes. every time. Yes, yes. So yeah, it's been fun. It's been really fun. And it's grown a lot. Like I think close to a hundred girls have always more tattooed on their body now, which is just like Oh, insane. how does that make you feel? I'm like this. Do you have a tattooed crazy. on your body? I don't. Do you want a I, tattoo? I go back and forth. I don't have any tattoos. Okay. Do you? Yeah, I have. Okay. Oh, 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 girl. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, like it makes sense. Cause I would, I started with writing Write it. it on your body. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've just, I, I've just, I'm not that I'm against tattoos. I just For haven't sure. like yeah. done it, but yeah. maybe someday I have four. Wow. So I have these two and then two in unseen Do they locations. All have meaning and in- no, my first tattoo is dumb. I would take it <laughs> off my body if I could, but yes. it's a heart on my bikini line. And I was oh 19 gosh. years old. Oh I mean, gosh. like rebellion tattoo. Oh, I always like- wanted a tattoo. It's funny because I was telling this story the other day. I always wanted a tattoo ever since I was like 
early teenager. And when I was in high school, some friends I knew got tattoos, but it's illegal if you're not oh, 18. Right. So they That's had right. fake IDs, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. And so <laughs> I had a fake ID in high school. I was bad, Audrey. I, I was bad. <laughs> so I had a fake ID in high school <laughs> and I was going to go get a tattoo because I could. I had this ID. I'm sure I could have found a place that would do it. And this guy I was dating was like, you know what? You should really just wait until you're old enough to make sure you like it. Yeah. And I'm like, I've never had anything good come out of bad dating relationships, but that advice was so good. That's so funny. Because I waited till I was in college, and so I was okay. legal. Um, but it's funny. I mean, I've had a baby. The yeah. heart doesn't really look much <laughs> like a heart anymore. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah. But so I, yeah. I'm i a fan of tattoos, but yeah. I always think you should never get a tattoo if you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you need to be like, no. yes. If if I ever got one, it would 100% be that. It, like, absolutely Where would, would be Where would you that. put it? But I don't know. I, I think that's, that's maybe the thing, thing I too. struggle with is like, got to put it somewhere where I can kind of hide it. But then what's the point of putting it somewhere you can hide it if you're not? Because like, I wrote it on my arm so I could see it. Yep. <laughs> I know. I'm the same reminder. way. I'm like, so I don't know. Yeah. Then it sounds like you're not ready. Yeah. Not ready yet. Does Jeremy have tattoos? He maybe. <gasps> oh, gosh. <laughs> I just got nervous. We can cut this out. No, Does okay. Mrs. Roloff not know about we'll these tattoos? Keep, we'll just put the question mark on that Okay, one. maybe, maybe, maybe. Mrs. Roloff knows. It's okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so that, that made me laugh so much. Um, okay, let's talk. You really love the Enneagram. I do. What do you I love, love about it? Enneagram. So for me, I just think like, I'm really into all that kind of stuff. Okay. I love self-growth, self-discovery, and not in a way where it becomes an excuse. I think people need to be careful with that. I'm sure you've heard this, but and you know this. But um, a lot of people can be like, oh, well, I'm this number. And so therefore, I'm going to be this way. But like... It's Enneagram, making an excuse for like sin. Right. Yeah. And so like the Enneagram has been like the most helpful because it's so comprehensive. It's got so many layers to it. It's not like, here's my Myers-Briggs or here's my Strengths Finder. It just... I don't know. I've loved that about it. I love the roots of it. We've like even studied like where it came from. Like we had Chris Hewitt's, the guy that wrote Sacred Enneagram on our podcast. And he's just like brilliant. My Which is a book I want to read. Yeah. But yeah, like Path Between Us, Road, Road Back to You. Loved both of those books. And it's been so helpful as a marriage tool. Yes. Um, just like relationally, whether it's with people that we work with or in our marriage or I, I can imagine having older kids yeah. too. Uh-huh. Um, We're trying not to diagnose them, even though we have really yeah. big feelings How do you, towards when what do they you, are. Well, okay, can so you? Suzanne Seville, <laughs> yeah. who wrote The Path Between Us and co-authored The Road Back to You. Yes. I love her so much. You know how you said you did an interview with Susie Davis, which Susie's been yes. on. She's a fr- dear friend. Yes. And you're like, she's just so lovely. Yeah. That's how I feel about Suzanne. That's so, awesome. I, I just want to sit next her. to her uh-huh. and like maybe hold her hand or let her put her arm around her. <laughs> yeah. She's so dear. That's Anyhow, awesome. she's been on the show and she suggests, and this is just, I take her word because yeah. she's smart, um, yes. to not have your kids take a test and not really try to diagnose, diagnose, yeah. this is not medical, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Try not to put something on them until they're, I can't remember the age, but my son's 15 and I think I need to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Even though we did let him take a test because we were all taking tests one time, family. And he's like, I want to do it. And so he took it. The funny thing is he tested exactly what Aaron and I think that he is. Okay. So but you didn't tell him that you thought that he was that? No. Okay. Interesting. Uh-uh. We think yeah. he's a four. Okay. My oldest. Okay. Well, now he knows. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the show. Who's, okay. Who are we kidding? <laughs> um, but yeah. So it's interesting cool. with kids. Yeah. As you start to like see... And my other three, my, one of them, we kind of have a suspicion. The other two, we're just kind of like, we don't know. So it's fun to yeah. kind of see how it goes. But Suzanne so thinks that it is in us. From yeah, the, like, I believe that. In us. I believe that. Because I, I would, thought, oh can trauma or tragedy? And Childhood she's like, wounds. No, it's in you. Yeah. 
I think so too. I I believe that. I think that a lot of it, I think your childhood can shape it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the childhood experiences and the childhood wounds and like all that stuff like can shape it. But I don't think that you can change. That's numbers. what she said. Yeah. So you're an eight. I am an eight. Explain to people. Surprisingly, like I think that everyone in the world knows about the Enneagram. Yeah. But whenever I talk about it, some people are like, what are you talking about? These yeah. numbers. And so can you explain it well? Um, so yeah, we'll do it I mean, together. Yes, we'll do okay. it together. <laughs> You'll fill the gaps where yeah. I can't. Um, but yeah, so it's like nine point personality typing system. Basically there's no, like, it doesn't mean that no because good, I'm no an bad. eight, right. It doesn't mean I'm better than a one. It's just, that's what they're called. Each number has its own like nickname that people use. Some people don't like the nicknames, but, um, it's basically a self discovery for self growth tool. Great job. And that's what we've loved about it. Um, shows us the box we're in and teaches us how to get out of it, not to stay in it. And so I'm an eight, which is the challenger and very justice oriented too, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know a lot of female eights? Cause there's not many. You know, I don't. <laughs> I think um, one of my kids might be an eight. Oh, really? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we're just you know, figuring it out. So misconception, you're technically not supposed to tell people your number, but I know a lot of people do it because then it's a fun conversation to have. You can talk about it, whatever. But then it, people can like prescribe on to people That's or make so these true. assumptions. And so it's supposed to be a self-discovery, self-growth thing, not like a projecting. Everyone asks though, what's your number? What's I your know, number? I know. I know. And it's it's a fun conversation to have. I just, I, that's what I've been told. I've just been told like, technically you're it, not supposed to, even though we do it all the time. And then we you know someone's number, you're like, oh, that's why she does yes, that. Yes, right. Because then I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be, and I don't want to do that for my friends. I don't want to go like, oh, she's such a two. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, like, that's I don't so, want to do that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be that person. So, but yeah, I'm an eight. I'm a challenger. I challenge everything. Eights are like the need to be against. I've seen it a lot in my relationship with the Lord. Just like everything I read, I'm like, I challenge this before I know it. But then once I know it, I'm like, you're all in, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's, there's levels of the Enneagram where like Suzanne probably talked about this, but like the, you can be a social eight or a sexual eight or a, there's another one. I forget. Um, but there's like three levels. So your number actually has like kind of three wings with it in it, separate from like the wings that you can also have. Yeah. So like, I know when you say you're an eight, it's kind of like people are probably thinking like, oh, well, she's this way. But, but there's, then, like, so there's so much many layers to, it, yeah. to it. Like I'm like probably one of the most compassionate people. Like I'm so compassionate for an eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I see a hurting puppy and I'm like, no. Yeah. Like I, that's me uh-huh. to the point where like I burn myself out in exhaustion from like trying to save everyone and everything. Yeah. yeah. And so like there's, which isn't really common in eights it, or it exactly. is in certain kinds of eights. So um, yeah, it's been just so cute. My husband's a nine. Um, peacemaker, right? Peacemaker. So very different. We're referred to as fire and ice. If you look <laughs> us up on yeah. the Enneagram. Yeah. Because he's like no conflict. And I'm mm-hmm. like, bring on the conflict. Yeah. Conflict is where intimacy is going to come. And then I'm going to love you and know you better. You know, which is like some people's like my oh, worst, like worst nightmare. I, yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry. I promise. <laughs> no, it's great. But not like, I also think like I've learned a lot from knowing that about myself, that my approach to conflict has become much healthier. I used to just like say these brash things to like spark conversation in people. And I've really learned to just kind of like not, not do that yeah. just to get a reaction from people and spark a conversation, like to just be a little bit more 
sensitive to yeah. that. And that's one of the reasons I love it. You yeah. Know? So. I've learned a lot about, it's helped our marriage mm. some as well. Aaron's a three, I'm a six. Okay. Yeah. And six is um, the loyalist. Yeah. But we also are motivated a lot by fear. Mm. And so I'm, ve- I'm a very worst case scenario type of person. Mm. Even in work life, I'm always like, I mean, we've been doing happy hour live events for, this is like seven weekends. So like, wow. you know, yeah. we do them twice a year for half a minute. And they sell out every single time. And every single time I put tickets up, I think, will anyone come to this? What? Like, it's just, but that's just this. But knowing that about myself, I kind of go, it's teaching me to trust myself a little bit more and to trust the process and trust all the things. And it's helped our marriage because before Aaron would be like, it's so dumb that you think that. Yeah. And when I told him, like, it's kind of belittling to think that my fears are dumb because they're so real to me. Right. So no longer is he like, that's dumb, but he can just be like, oh, so that's how you feel. Oh, yeah. And that's it. He doesn't, you know, so it's been good. People ask me, and I'd love to hear what you say. People ask me, how do I figure out my number? I say, listen and read. Mm. So I I think the tests are helpful, but Mm -hmm. I tested different than I actually am. Yeah. I think the test can give you like, if you take the tests, whatever top three numbers you get, you're probably one of those top three. That's how mine was, yeah. And then go read about those three. Yeah. And, you know, Enneagram Institute, the crap out of it. Enneagram Institute is like what I found to be the most helpful, best. Uh They know their stuff. I love listening to podcasts about it. All the podcasts. All All the podcasts. (laughs) People are listening to our podcast listeners. So go listen to a podcast about it. You're already there. There's so many. We have one too. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, Everyone needs to go find it. Okay. So one of the things that you had mentioned that you were kind of struggling through right now, which I think is really common for women, is about community. Finding community, struggling with community. What does this look like for you guys right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be curious to know what it looks like for you guys too. Um, So we had this time when we were living in Bend of really rich, intense community. We did house church with 10 to 15 families. Um, It kind of grew while we were there. And it was just the most like spiritual growth we've ever experienced. Accountability, like literally doing life with people. If there was a need among us, it was met, you know, like, and all the kids just in church, like it was just, such a beautiful it feels thing. very like, it was like New Testament looking church. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? And I'd never experienced that. We mm-hmm. grew up in bigger churches. You know, West Coast doesn't have the mega church. But then when we moved to LA, we went to Mosaic, which is a really big church. Um, and then went to house church and experienced just this richness. And then when we moved home back to Portland, it was moving home for us, which we really had been away for all of college and then the yeah. first few years yeah. of our marriage. And so... All of a sudden, all of our, all of our friends, our old friends had kind of plugged in to where they wanted and were kind of like just set there, you know, and we just were kind of looking to recreate what we had experienced. Band, yeah. Not that we're like against traditional church at all. I think that like serves its place and God is totally at work there. But just to have that, you know, what people call it, community group, tribe, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we just really craved that and we tried to like, do that with people. And it was just, we were really discouraged by trying. We just kind of gave up, honestly. And this past, the past year, we kind of replaced all that rich community time with working, Mm. just to be honest. Yeah. And our businesses are doing great and work has been really good. But but you feel this void. 100%. We're like isolated and we work too much. Mm -hmm. And we don't have people speaking into our marriage and calling us out on our stuff. Mm -hmm. And we need that. Yeah. Especially being in a place where like we're you're speaking, speaking into so many to people. A lot of people. Yeah, exactly. And we need people checking us. Uh-huh. And so, and I think that like someone, one of my friends 
we, I have a lot of really close friends that live across the country uh-huh. and maybe you feel this way too, but like my girls that I can like call that like kind of get, they do what I do in some way so they can get my struggles. Cause I think sometimes maybe you feel this way, like talking to my friends about like a struggle that Jeremy and I are having with working together and this thing that we're about to launch, like my friends that like, you know, work at Nike or whatever. Like I love them and they can speak into other areas of my life, but it's just, different. it's hard for me when I start to share that struggle, I kind of feel dumb. Uh-huh. Even though I know it's not like that's my struggle, but like, totally. So I have my girls that like I call that live across the country that kind of get like, and I think it's important if you do what do work whatever in this you space, do. Yeah. You have to have people that work in your space too, that get those mm-hmm. struggles yeah. that kind of burn for what you burn for. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. And we've had a hard time finding those people in proximity. Yes. And so I just think like, I don't know, like it's, it's been a tough, it's mm-hmm. been a hard thing for us. And we really, Jeremy has a huge like side passion heart for just what's happening in the church and mm-hmm. and just kind of like bringing church back to like what it was supposed yeah. to be. He always says like, we win them to what we win them with. Mm. So if we're winning them to church with these things, we're going to win them to those things coffee and music and all right. those things. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but if we're winning them with Jesus, we're going to win them to Jesus. Right. You know? So I don't know. That's just, we're wrestling through that. We're trying to figure out what that you looks need like. Some what, what does it look sweet, like for you guys? You need some sweet older couple. 100. Oh yeah. Who like, wants to just have you over for dinner yes. once a month and just pour into you. Yes. That's what you need in your life right now. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, we actually do. We try to once a month meet with an older couple. Yeah. And so like, and I'd say we actually do that. We do once a month, but they're like, it's like one of our friends from Ben when we go to Ben sure, yeah. and then like, you know, yeah. it's not the same couple every mm-hmm. time, but still those things are like life-giving, so yeah. hour-long dinner conversations. Right. And those have been huge. But just that day in and day out life, like the friend that I can call up and like come watch my daughter, but also like gets my struggles and I can help. Mm-hmm. And I think too, just for Jared and I to be able to like serve in, serve in a tangible way, yeah. We're just trying to figure that out. Yeah, so. it's, it is this. It is a dance. And I'll tell you, you're going to be doing that dance forever because yeah. it looks different for us now with four kids and three of them being teenagers. Right. So yeah, it's everywhere. hard to do things because they have, and it's not even like our kids are doing 18 different things. It's yeah. just, there's four of them mm-hmm. doing one thing each, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so that just gets difficult. And yeah. I think finding community in unique ways, mm-hmm. like having girlfriends, like you said, that for me, live across the country as well. They really? get what I do. Yeah. 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 And then even just having, I think there's something special to so some of my friends here locally yeah. who don't do what I do. There's something kind of um, refreshing. refreshing. I, yeah. I totally agree with you that. You know what I mean? To yep. be able to just come and not have to be a um, yes. podcaster, speaker, writer. Right. But I've had those friends before I became this. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. not meeting new friends and then feel comfortable in that space. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's, I can totally resonate with that. Cause like I've had the same group of like childhood best friends. They're all so close and I'm, I'm really close with them too. They're uh-huh. all in my wedding, kindergarten. Met yeah. Them. Uh-huh. They all live in the same neighborhood, a mile from their parents still. Uh-huh. All of our parents are friends. It's like that thing. Yes. And they're all, and I love them dearly. I just, over the years have kind of been the one that's maybe gone, I've gone away. They, yeah. all, they all stayed and I left Yeah, and I'm coming back and I'm so grateful for those friendships because they did know me before this and that they are refreshing. They are refreshing. You know? Yeah. Um, and, but I just, I think I need both. Yeah. You know, totally. And so, yeah, I think it's just good that the conversation is happening. Mm-hmm. 
for me, you, anyone yes. that's listening, is to acknowledge, here's what I know that I feel that I need. There's a void. Yes. And how am I going to find like unique ways to figure out how to help this situation? Yeah. And it looks different all the time. Mm-hmm. When and you have another okay baby, it looks too. different. You know, right. it's just everything. It's just adjusting and readjusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. What three things are you loving? What are you reading? Okay. Loving. So I'm, lo- have you tried? Oh, I can't wait. The juniper latte from Starbucks. I don't even know. It. Ju- juniper berries. Aaron has yeah, made juniper a juniper berries. berry cake before. Okay. Well, like, you know, gin. Yeah. Is juniper berry. I, it's I, vodka I, with juniper berry. Literally, okay, that's wait, what gin is. Over? Gin is vodka. Gin is literally vodka with juniper berry. I've never heard this in my entire life. I'm not <laughs> a gin in the lover. Alcohol industry, I'm not girl. a gin lover. Okay. So it. It's, it doesn't taste like gin, obviously. Okay, but wait, but when I'm in Spain and you get a gin and tonic, it yeah. has junipers. Doesn't it have juniper? The Are they black? Uh, no. Well, juniper is kind of, uh, actually kind of like a blue. Okay. I'm just thinking of what juniper trees look like. Because okay. they're like that Bruce blue sagebrush. I had a gin and tonic in Spain and it had these like berries little, in it. It yeah. probably did have a berries in it. Okay. That's cool. I know. I've um, never seen that in the States. Yeah. I've never seen that yeah. either. Okay. Carry but on. That's awesome. But so, juniper, so juniper latte. Uh, we are, I'm not even a huge Starbucks fan, but like this thing is so good. And I super hate sweet? sugary drinks. No. Because I don't like sweet. I don't do, do any. We just do coffee milk. Me too. Like that's Jared and I. I cannot do even a vanilla latte. Me like, neither. No way. <laughs> I do um, plain this, latte with almond this milk. This is like earthy, but it's not weird. Okay. It's I'm kind try of like it. a tea latte. I pulled my Instagram followers. I'm like, who's tried the juniper latte? And only 5% had tried it. And I was I've like, never even heard of it. What? It's so good. Like, I think people are weirded out when they see it, but I love it. Anyway. Okay. Well, you're going to change that. the world. We're going to all okay. try it. Okay. Yeah, juniper latte. That. Juniper latte. I'm um, loving Enneagram stuff. Yeah. I've just been really into that lately, learning that and as a tool. And let's see. Have you listened to the Sleeping else? At Last podcast about the Instagram stuff? Okay. They had it. I don't think they've come out with the song. Have, have you gone through the songs and stuff? I have really only listened to the ones that I have friends that are. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have they gotten to eight yet? They weren't the last time I checked. Okay. So they probably are now. Yeah. But, but yeah. And then we love, we have a fireplace in our house and we <sighs> love f- evenings by the fire in the winter, outside on the farm in the summer. But like, we just love our evenings by the fire, reading and just chilling. And we're trying to be more intentional about just kind of like turning off work at a certain time. So it's so hard. And we give our I can imagine it's really hard for, for you guys people. because you work together yes. at the same thing mm-hmm. and your daughter is in bed at seven yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So we're like crush. Yes. Seven o'clock. Yeah. That's yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, my kids are up till um, tonight. It's a Friday night. They don't want to hang. We will hang till midnight. Yeah. 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 Totally. Okay, yeah, so fire. We have um, a fireplace as well. Yeah. It's a it. way to my heart. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Aaron knows if he wants to like really show me that he loves me, he'll build me a fire. Yeah. That's so we named our daughter Ember because we fell in love around a campfire pit. Like we like job. fires are like so uh-huh. Jeremy has to build a fire at least once a week or he just doesn't feel like a man. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, that's a huge thing. We've been loving that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, what are you reading these days? reading a lot of Jesus storybook Bible. The best. <laughs> Honestly, I've been in a dry spell of reading because we've been in this writing it's, mode. I didn't read much when I was writing. Ugh. You can't. And I love reading. I love books. You should see our house. It's like <laughs> when we move, it's like we're moving. I love books. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we love books. But um, Jesus storybook, I've been reading obviously a lot of Enneagram stuff. I really want to read Storybrand. I have it and started it, but I haven't finished it yet. Donald Miller. Have mm-hmm. you read it? 
Um, I think I have a long or time. gone through it. Yeah, no, I haven't gone through it, but I okay. think I, I think Aaron has it. But have you read anything else by him? I've read older, like I've read Blue Like Jazz and The Desert One. I there then I started the one his more scary clothes. Yes, 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 yes. That's the I started one that I've one. I haven't read. finished it. Do you I, love it? I liked it a lot. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would I just have heard amazing things about Story Brand. I think it'd be really yeah. good for Jared and I to go through. So yeah. I have that book. I've started it, but and they do the conference too, one. I think. Is that the conference they do? Story? They do like, I don't know if they do a conference, but okay. it's event. You can go through like the story brand class okay. yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, just heard amazing things. Yeah. So it's that. good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Storybook Bible is yeah. just. I know. It's like my, <laughs> literally. So we read, I read it to Ember. I read Ember a chapter every morning. We're just trying to get in the rhythm like early. We want to read the Bible to our kids yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. And so. Like, you know, she's sitting there in my lap, squirming Uh around, but she's actually gotten better at sitting there because she knows to expect it now. But it's so good. It's so good. I read it and I'm like, wait, I like, it's just written really well. And Sally Lloyd Jones is just the dearest. (laughs) This is just amazing. So, a lot of my Bible time lately (laughs) has been that. Yeah. Which I'm just kind of like, that's just the season right now. And I've had rich seasons of hour long morning times. And right now it's this. Yep. Yep. But yeah, we love it. So I highly good. recommend it if anyone's listening and you haven't and you have young kids. Oh yeah. Get the Jesus Storybook Bible. So um good. and I wish all the time I yeah. work in volunteer at the jail. I oh, wish wow. all the time I could get those Bibles in there. Oh yeah. But they're hardback and we can't take hardback in. Why? I guess you can maybe Injure. do something with the hardback book. I don't know. Interesting. I know. I take a lot of books to the jail that I get, like after I read them or if I don't ever read them, like yeah. I'm like, oh, these girls would love it. Yeah. But I can't take hardback books. Is your book hardback? It is. Can't take yeah. it. Shoot. Dang it. I can't take my own book. Weird. I know, right? Huh. No, to What the, the jail thing? Tell me about that. Oh, I volunteer there on Tuesdays oh, with yeah. a program when I'm in town and when I'm not crazy busy. Yeah. So I started three and a half years ago uh-huh. and it's been it's just been one of my most favorite things I've ever done in my entire life. And we do a That's class. So we do cool. a six week class with the girls and then we just repeat it every six weeks. Um, and cool. we teach them things. We always talk about Jesus. It's faith-based. Yeah. We want them to know Jesus. Are they we, receptive? Are they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's so good. I mean. Wow. I love that. You're in jail. You know, yeah, but it's God has taught me so much about myself. Oh my gosh, through that. So cool. Anyhow, I take books there. Yeah, that's really so. Cool. It's been I fun. Some of my author friends have sent me like a bunch of books to take in, so that's been fun to kind yeah. of stack their library. Sally Lloyd Jones. She yes. also has a book, kind of like the Jesus Story Bible. It's called. I'm gonna butcher it, but I think it's the story of God's love for us. I always okay, bring I it up that people love that book because yeah. when she came out with that new book, I got a copy and I was reading it and I was like. This seems so familiar. And it's basically the stories from the story of the Bible, kind of more adultish in oh. this book. It'd Amazing. Okay. I definitely for like it. a new believer. Yeah. Someone seeking, whatever. So just the okay. I'll correct yes. it in the show note if it's wrong, but the story of God's love for us. Definitely. I will definitely get that. Sally Lord Jones. On my flight home. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Audrey, this has been so fun. So fun. Uh, so I fun. am so excited to see what you and Jeremy are going to do. Thank you. Congrats. Yes. Thank you. Keep loving it's each other. So yes, Keep we will. pushing towards each other <laughs> and answering those great questions. Yes, and thanks for sharing your life with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This has been amazing. Is it possible to make a butter hot tub? Yes, it's called Thomas's English Muffin. And it's possible thanks to the nooks and crannies texture. Thomas's, wake up to what's possible. Okay, friends, I told you that you would love her. She was super sweet. I love how much she loves marriage. It's a, a girl after my own heart. Erin and I are such big fans of marriage. 
Check out Audrey and Jeremy's new book, A Love Letter Life. It's the sweetest love letter filled story. You can find it anywhere books are sold. Also follow her over on Instagram. I'm a fan of following people that are encouraging on Instagram and I can guarantee you that Audrey is just that. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Sluckers, and this whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is Nicole Eunice. Nicole is a mama. She is a lover of God's word, a teacher of God's word, a pastor. And we sat down to chat a couple of months ago while we were both in Dallas. In fact, I was there for a conference and she was just flying through to go preach on the West Coast and she gave me an hour of her time in my hotel room. It was just lovely. The conversation that we had was super encouraging and I know it's gonna encourage the heck out of you. So make sure you come back next week. You guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend and I will see you back here next week with my friend, Nicole.